Welcome to all of our church family as well as all of our friends and relatives and guests. Uh, we are the Bronx region of the New York City Church of Christ. We are one of ten regions that are meeting throughout the New York metropolitan area this morning to, to worship God. And uh, we, we do have our brothers and sisters in the different regions on our hearts and pray that they're having a great service to God's glory as, we, as we're going to have and are having uh, here in the Bronx today. Uh, the title of our sermon uh, this morning is we're going to go back to uh, a basic topic that I think we need to revisit from time to time uh, to help us stay on the straight and narrow road as we make our journey to heaven. And so the title of our sermon this morning is Seek First the Kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. You can be turning with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, and we'll be starting in verse 19 and are reading some very important words that Jesus shares with us. Let's pray together as we get started. Uh, God and Father in heaven, thank you for seeking us. Thank you for answering our prayer, for fulfilling your promises that if we seek, we will find if we knock, the door will be open. If we ask, it will be given to us. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, God, for your love and uh, your grace and your mercy. Uh, God, thank you for providing the hope of heaven and for giving us an eternal kingdom that we can be a part of. Help us to put our priorities in order, to always understand that we're to love you first and above all things and that as you promise, you will provide all that we need. Bless our time together today in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 19. Jesus says to us, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where mobs and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes, sisters? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spend, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? 
So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, brothers? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And the church said, Amen. Jesus encourages us to take hold, and, at least, at least, and on, on other occasions as well. Take hold of God's promises. And this is an amazing promise. That Jesus says that we can live a life free from the bondage of worry and anxiety and stress. That we can be free from all that stuff. But he says, as with every promise, there's a premise. That you must seek first the kingdom of God. And then God will bless you and meet your daily needs. Uh, there's a list of things that we need to do to overcome stress and worry in our life. And if we had time, uh, I'd go back and, and we study Philippians 4 and look at that whole list of things that uh, Paul encourages, that we, encourages us to do so that we will not have a life that's filled with stress. But we can have a life that's content. We can have peace in God. But one of the things on the list in order for you to have a life that is not stressed out, a life that is not filled with anxiety and, and all kinds of, of worry and you're not overcome by it, he says you must seek first the kingdom of God. Seeking first the kingdom of God has to be on that list. You know, many people go in the wrong direction in dealing with their worries. When we feel the anxiety of many of the things that, that Antoine just talked about, the financial stress, you know, dealing with marriage issues, our children, you know, our health issues, oftentimes uh, we run from God and we run right straight into the fire of the worry and the stress. We go inward sometimes rather than going upward. And there's an old saying that says, if you look at the world, you will be distressed. If you look within, you will be depressed. But if you look to Jesus, you will find rest. So you can't look to the material things to fill a void in your heart that only spiritual things can fill. And so Jesus is saying to us, you need to seek first the kingdom of God. This is how you deal with the stress and the worry. The answer is not, well, I'm going to stay home from church and take care of my issues. You know, a brother was telling me the other day that a married couple, instead of coming to church, they said, well, look, we got some problems in our marriage, so we're going to stay home and try to figure it out. That's not how you figure it out. You need to get yourself to church, be with God's people, be with God's family, and get surrounded by some people who are fixing things in their lives. The answer is not to be more of a loner, but to get connected and praise God for the kingdom, right? Amen. Praise God that we can talk to people who've been through what we've been through and even more, and who've come out on the other side with, with answers given to them by God. The promise. What a great promise. 
The New Living Translation says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you want. Is that what it says? Absolutely not. He will give you what? Everything you need. And you know, most, most of us, we have what we need and then some. And the great thing about God is not only does he meet the need, oftentimes he exceeds the need. Our God is a gracious God. The message version says, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. That's a promise from God. If you're sitting here and going, well, that promise is not a reality in my life, then my question to you is, are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Have you put God first in your life? Is seeking a relationship with him and obeying him and knowing him the priority of your life? This is an amazing promise. It's a promise that every disciple should take hold of. It's, it's a promise we need to take hold of. Because we're not going to be effective in winning the world if we're stressed out. We're trying to show them the joy of the Lord when we don't have it. And really, joy and satisfaction doesn't come from having more money or attaining more material things or having a bigger house or a nicer apartment. You can, matter of fact, I think a lot of times the more you get, the more you stress out. You know, Cynthia and I, we went down to Florida, just a little vacation, praise God, it was wonderful. But one of the most wonderful things about it is that we just rented a car. We rented a car. And so all I had to do was pick it up and take it back. I didn't have to wash it. I didn't have to vacuum it. I didn't have to do anything. I just turned it back in, and I've left as little gas in it as I possibly could. And I gave it back to him, and I never thought about it again. But just a few weeks ago, we have a car. Someone backed into the car. Now, if it was a rental car, I would have just turned it back in and said, they hit it. Now, y'all got to fix it because it's not mine. But now the car that's mine, I mean, I'm about to go to court trying to get this girl to pay for the damage that she did. But if it was your car, I wouldn't have been having these issues. I would have just told you, I hope you got full coverage insurance because they backed into your car. Sometimes we think if I just had more, I'd be happier. Not true. Not true at all. That's why he says we need to seek first the kingdom. So let's break this down. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness? Now, we can easily think that we understand it. But even if you do understand it, I want to remind you of what it means. Because one of the challenges with living a Christian life and even being a Christian, as people hit humps, they hit roadblocks when it comes to seeking first the kingdom of God. We can say we want to go to heaven, I want to be right with God, I want to live for God, but then when it really comes to practically seeking first the kingdom, we get derailed a lot of times. And that's why we're talking about this, because we want to see as many people as possible come to heaven. But you can't take somebody to heaven if you're not going there yourself. 
Now, you can give them some instruction. You can give them some guidance. But you can't show them the way, really, if you're not living the life itself. That's why we're going to talk about this. The Amplified Version says, But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, then all these things taken together will be given you besides. So what does it mean to seek first his kingdom? It means to seek first life under God's rule and authority. Seek to make Jesus the Lord and the master of your life. Seeking first his kingdom is living in God's house under God's rules. And those of us who have children, we know sometimes our children, they want to live in our house, but they don't want to live under our rules. Says, I want, I want room and board. I want to be fed. I even want an allowance. But I do not want the curfew. I do not want chores. And I don't want you telling me what to do. Then my answer to you is then you are in the wrong house. You need to go live in somebody else's house. And the same is true for us. If you're going to live in God's house, you've got to live by what? God's rules. And if you don't want to live by God's rules, then you can't be in God's house. And God is saying, look, you need to live in my house under my rules because it's the best thing for you. It's the best thing for you to live in my house by my rules. And his, his rules aren't burdensome. They set us free. But you've got to be willing to do that. You can't say, well, I want to be a Christian, but I want to live by my rules. Doesn't work. Tell them again, Stanley. Doesn't work. So that's what it means to seek first his kingdom. That I'm seeking to live by God's standard, God's ways, under God's authority. That when God tells me to do something, that's what I'm going to do, whether I feel like it or not. And let me tell you, Christianity is not do what you feel type of religion. Because I tell you, there are a lot of times, and we've talked about this, right? Do you always feel like doing what God wants you to do? Man, it was cold out there this morning. I tell you, man, you know, on them cold mornings, that blanket just feels extra good. And I thought, you know, I got a little cough up in here. <laughs> <laughs> Take my own temperature. <laughs> I think I'm running hot, honey. That's the flesh. The spirit said, "You better get yourself on up out that bed, black man. Get up out. Get on up, black man, and get on where you're supposed to go." That's exactly what I did too. Seeking first the kingdom. I don't always want to come on Wednesday night when the singles are meeting because I'm not single, but I come. And I don't even always want to come on Friday night with the married people, but I come. I come. Why? Because, oh, I'm so righteous and godly, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. No! I come because I need to be here because I'm in God's house. I'm living under God's rules. And Jesus is the Lord of my life. And when I went down into the waters of baptism and I came up, I died. A new man came up. Jesus runs my life now. Not me. 
So don't even call yourself a Christian if you stay home when you feel like it because you're not living by God's rules. You're living by your rules. And when you meet the Lord on the day of judgment, he's going to ask you, whose rules have you been living by? So I tell you, I encourage you, seek him first now. Because that's when it works. That's when it happens. And how are you going to help us save other people? If we're telling them to come to church and you're not there. Some of y'all, what are y'all thinking? Oh, I want to help win the world, but we're meeting on Friday night. You're not even there. How are you going to help us save married people that we're getting to come? They're going to be asking us, well, where's John? Where's Shaniqua? Where's Shanene? Where is she? (laughs) She having church at home. She having church at her house. Oh, I didn't know that was an option. It's not an option if you're going to seek first the kingdom. Not an option. And then he says seek first his righteousness. That means seek first to live a life that reflects God's virtues. His purity. His holiness. Is living to do what is right in God's eyes and by God's word. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. The God's word translation says, but first be concerned about his kingdom and what has his approval. Then all these things will be provided by, for, for you. See, I'm trying to seek his righteousness. I did it when I was single. I sought God's righteousness in my dating life. So I'm going to do what's right. I'm supposed to be a godly man. And that means that I'm, I'm supposed to be a righteous man. That means that there's going to be no sex in this relationship until we get married. Those are God's rules. Now, I know the world's trying to change the rules, but I got news for you. The world may change, but God's rules are still the same. The same rules. That's seeking his righteousness. That's seeking his righteousness. You know, even, even now in our merit life, we're to seek his righteousness. What pleases him? What makes him happy? What gives him joy? What are his commands? That's seeking his righteousness. You can't live a sinful life that leads to guilt and deceit and expect not to be burdened with worry. Just can't do it. Because sin, it, it, it just, it, unless your conscience is seared, it bothers you. And it fills you with guilt. And that's what Satan wants. And that's what God wants to free you from. Seek my righteousness. And you won't have this double life going on. This secret life. This guilt in your heart. The contemporary English version, I'm giving it to you time and time again, says, But more than anything else, put God's work first. And do what he wants. That's making it simple, isn't it? Just do what God wants and not what you want. Do what God wants. Then the other things will be yours as well. Put God first. Trust God first. Love God first. Obey God first. That what it means to seek first the king. I need to hear this. Because there are days in my life when, you know, I'm I'm struggling with, am I going to seek first the kingdom or not? Am I going to seek his righteousness or not? And I have to go back and I have to read this and I need to hear this. Because I want the promise. 
I want the promise to be fulfilled in my life. What Jesus says that you will do not worry, seek first the kingdom, and God will provide your every need. Practically, what does this mean? It means that when you were given that 52-day challenge, you met that 52-day challenge. One of the proudest things I am of the 52-day challenge is that Cynthia and I, one of, part of our challenge was to pray together every day. And we prayed together all 52 days of that challenge. 52 days. Now, here's the deal. There were a couple of days in there, a little late, and I was thinking, you know, we saved by grace. I'm tired. You're tired. Who's going to know anyway? So I got to meet this goal. And the good thing about it is that we've continued beyond the 52 days to make this just a habit in our lives. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, I've been doing that my whole married life. Well, I'm not as righteous as you. God have mercy on me. I'm trying to get there. But it's been good for us. But it, it just simply means that you make prayer a priority. You make Bible study a priority. Right? Can I get amen, church? Amen. Study your Bible how often? Every day? We keep hitting that? It means you make church and fellowship a priority. Let me tell you something. We're not looking for more members. We're looking for more people who are going to put Jesus first. Who are going to seek first the kingdom. There are plenty of churches with members. We're not looking for more members. We're looking for more disciples of Jesus. People are going to seek first the kingdom. Discipleship is a priority. I want to get help. I want to get input into my life. And I don't know of anybody who does not need input in their life. I don't know of anybody. I've been a Christian 40 plus years. I got baptized April 1975. And I still need input in my life. I know I'm older than a lot of your parents and maybe grandparents, but that's all right. But it's been a good 41 years. And all those 41 years, I've been seeking the kingdom first. I've had some bumps along the way. But I understand, I still need discipleship. I still need correction. I still need direction. I still need input. Evangelism is to be a priority. That's seeking first the kingdom. I just don't want to go to heaven without taking people with me. It's a priority. Is it a priority in your life? Have you sat down and opened the Bible with anybody in 19... In 2017, to show them Jesus. What about in 2016? Did you open the Bible with anybody? That's seeking first the kingdom. I don't say that to make you feel guilty. I say that to say you're blessed. And Jesus has given you the answer to deal with anxiety and stress. And the world is looking for those answers and they don't know where to find them. And if you've got the answer, the least we can do is share that with someone else. Am I right? Living for God's honor and glory. That's to be the priority of our life. Jeremiah says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God is saying, I want you to seek first the kingdom with all your heart. Not in your spare time, but with your heart. And then you'll find me and I'll bless you. 
Now here's the temptation. And this is why Jesus wrote this and said this. Our temptation is to worry. To give in to our fears. To be anxious. And to give in to distractions. Any of us, you feel that at all? I mean, even though the commandment says it, what does he say? Do not worry about what? That's right. He says, do not worry about what? Anything. You get that? He says, do not worry about what you're going to eat. Do not worry about what you're going to drink. Do not worry about what you're going to wear. Do not worry about who you're going to date. Do not worry about when you're going to get married. Do not worry about when the bills are going to get paid. Do not worry about when you're going to retire. Do not worry about when, when, you, when you're going to get healthier. It says, do not worry about anything. I have a hard time obeying that scripture. I have a hard time. Because sometimes I come to church and as soon as I get here, somebody is impressing upon me some of their worries. I was doing good until I had fellowship and someone says, did you know about this? And did you know about that? And I'm saying, I don't want to know about this and I don't want to know about that. But since it's my job to know about it, God helped me deal with it. But think about what Jesus says. Do not worry about anything. I mean, what kind of person would you be if you didn't worry about anything? I mean, what, what would you look like this morning if you weren't worried about anything? I mean, that changed your life, wouldn't it? I mean, you'd be the happiest person instead of a whining, crying, stressed out, unhappy, just all shriveled up face looking, trying to be like Jesus' person. What would your life be like? That's what Jesus wants your life to, to just be joyful always. Now, look at Luke 10. Luke 10, because I can relate to this. Luke 10 says that Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me with her lazy self. <laughs> Selfish. Verse 41, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. What's the message here? What's the message? Now here you got Mary. Mary running around, trying to get everything together. I'm sorry, Martha running around, <laughs> trying to get everything together. The preparations, cleaning up. Is Jesus. I want to give him the best meal he ever had. I want to make sure the house is clean. And there's my sister sitting there at Jesus' feet 
while I'm doing all the work. That ain't right. And so, like us, Martha was stressed, worried. And she wanted to put the stress on somebody else. See, because sometimes we just don't want to be worried by ourselves. It's like, look, you know what? I'm unhappy. <laughs> and it's not happy. It's not good being unhappy by yourself. So she tells the Lord, Lord, can you tell her to help me? And Jesus answered in a way that she never had thought. He says, she's seeking first the kingdom. And you're seeking first things that really don't even matter. And what's the message for us? That we've got to make sure that we're keeping our eyes on the Lord. And not getting distracted by 101 other things. And, and, and making sure that we're trying to advance the kingdom. To stay in it ourselves. As well as to help other people come to know God. Brothers and sisters, this is a serious matter. Because this is the mission that Jesus has given us. And I know how busy we are. I mean, we're all busy, are we not? I mean, but we've got the same number of hours in the week. And the Lord is saying, look, Mary has chosen what is better. And what's better is that you're seeking me first. Not your job. Not your career. Not other things but me. That's what it's all about. And so we have to deal with this temptation in our lives on a daily basis. I got to fight through all this and make sure that I'm keeping my priorities in order because other things are always pulling at me. Do you feel that? Always pulling. Always, oh, yeah, you got to do this. What about this? What about that? What? And you're like, man, whole week can go by. And you look, how was my Bible study? How was my prayer life? Did I reach out to anybody this week to try to help them to know the Lord? It can happen. And what Jesus is saying, that's why you're so stressed. You, 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 you misplace your priorities. Now, let's, let's close out with this. What it takes to seek first the kingdom. Let's talk about what it takes to seek first the kingdom. And I want to give you two things as we come to a close here. Number one, it takes faith. And number two, it takes courage. Faith and courage. Back in Matthew 6, verse 28, Jesus says, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon, all, these, all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? What's the problem here? It's a faith problem. And Jesus is saying, if you want to overcome, if you want to seek first the kingdom, it takes faith. And it took, it took faith for any of us who've made it. Just believing that if I do what God commands, that God will do what he promised. Faith. You know, I remember when I was first studying the Bible and trying to make my decision can I do this? Is it possible for me to do this? 
And it just took faith that Jesus says, oh, you of little faith. See, God is more than able to meet our needs, but we've got to step out on faith. And faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. God is saying, I want you to step out, walk on the water, come to me, I'll take care of it. But you can't be in charge anymore. You've got to let me be in charge. That's a step of faith. We need to have faith in God's word, faith in God's promises, and just, just give it over to the Lord. Because he says, who of you about worrying can add a, a single hour to his life? What good does it do? Trust in God. Have faith. And I says, well, Sam, I, I know that sounds good, but it, does, does it really happen like that? Absolutely. And the only way you're going to know is, is, is this, this step out on faith. See, here's my concern, church. We're distracted. We've gotten busy. And we're doing a lot of good things. I'm not saying what we're doing is wrong. But we've gotten distracted. See, think about it. Let's, look at, let's talk about it for a minute. How many of us right now are helping a friend? Open the Bible, study the Bible with a friend right now. How many of us? Raise them high. Are actively right now sitting down with a friend, studying the Bible. So, if it's that few of us, then what's keeping us from doing it? Think about it. You know, I'm so thankful that back in the day, disciples were making every effort to help people be saved because I wouldn't be here if people hadn't done it. And I've told you this story a thousand times, but the guy that invited me, he wasn't thinking about inviting me. He came to invite my roommate. I just happened to be there. And my roommate, his name was Jerry Bruton, and he came in and he asked Jerry, he said, Jerry, you want to come to this soul talk thing tonight? And, and Jerry said, no. And I was just sitting there. He just looked at me and said, well, what about you? And I didn't care what Jerry said. I said, I ain't doing nothing. Soul talk. I got soul. I'll be there. I'm not doing anything. I didn't know what I was going to. I didn't know that it was going to open the door to salvation and change my life forever. And I, and, I, and I assume there are people out there just like me who really don't know what God can provide or, or have the answers to life and who will never find it unless somebody says, come see. Why don't you come check it out? And we need to have more people doing that because the answer is a relationship with God. I don't have time to read all the other things I want to read, but let me just go to my last point. Courage. Courage. It takes faith and courage. And thank God that Glenn Woolard had the courage to invite me. Because sometimes that's what it takes. It takes courage. In Matthew 10, verse 29, I just want you to understand how the Lord thinks about you. 
Jesus says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground from the will of your father. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. God values you. He loves you. He wants you to live a life free from anxiety and stress and worry and to find and, and for the joy of the Lord to be your strength so you can be a light in this dark world and help other people come to Jesus. So he's saying, I need you to, to be different from the world. Don't worry about all this stuff. Don't worry about the politics. Don't worry about the president. Just pray for him. Just pray for him. Don't worry about the country. Just, just pray for the country. It says, well, Sam, I'm worried about your kids. Take them to the Lord. Because they love to push our buttons and stress us out. And so we got to let them know, you're not going to stress me out. Because I'm casting you to the Lord. I'm giving you over to the Lord. So we need to overcome our fears. You know, as we come to a close here, remember the story of the rich young man. He comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I want to be saved. And Jesus says, you know the commandments. And he starts laying out the commandments and Jesus tells him, well, that's just great. That's just great. But then the Bible says Jesus looked at him and loved him. I mean, because this was a good guy. But somebody had to have the courage to tell him the truth. And Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, one thing you lack. You're lacking one thing. Go sell everything you have. Give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. In other words, seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. Right now, your dependence and security is in your wealth. you got to let that go. There's so many people who are looking for fulfillment, and they're seeking first their job. They're seeking first their career. They think that if they got married, they'll be happy. Then they think if I have children, I'll be happy. Then they think if I build up a great income, I'll be happy. And then they think if I get retired, then I'll be happy. And then there you are in retirement and you're looking back unhappy and saying those were the good old days. And here we are. We're with the answers. And Jesus gave this man the answers. And, of course, the disciples are like, what? How hard it is. I mean, if this guy, if it's hard for this guy to be saved, how can anybody else be saved? And Jesus says, it's hard for the rich to be saved because their security is in wealth and not in God. And But the disciples then said, it, it, with man, Jesus says, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Then Peter says the thing that we all have said and we need to say again, we have left everything to follow you we're seeking first the kingdom because we know that if we seek you first you will provide everything that we need this is the best life it's a fulfilling life it's a great life I wouldn't trade my life with anybody 
Because to have Jesus is more precious and more valuable than all the riches in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I tell you what, if I'm going to be a Christian, then I want to be one 100%. I didn't become a Christian to get miserable. I didn't come become a Christian for people to come to church and holler at me about coming to things and doing things that I hadn't already committed to do. Why do that? I became a Christian to give everything to Jesus. And this promise that Jesus makes that I tell you the truth, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or children or fields for me will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. That promise is a reality in my life. It's a reality in, 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 in the lives of people who seek first the kingdom. I want to call you to repentance. I want to call you to repentance today. Seek first the kingdom. Don't seek. We're not talking about seeking being religious. Seek first the kingdom. There's a lost world out there who does not have what you have does not know what you know, seek him first. And he will fill you up. You will be a light in this world. And you'll help our God to do what he wants more than anything. And that is for all men to be saved. Seek first his kingdom. God bless.